Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. And I wanted to do this real happy, uh, exciting intro where I talked about what happened to John and myself after I after we recorded this episode in uh, Weehawken, New Jersey, because it was definitely a very cool night last week when we uh, we met up to record this episode. But late last night, today is, uh, is Saturday, late last night, about 12.30, I had already kind of dozed off to sleep. My wife was still up, and she uh, kind of nudged me back awake to tell me that she had just read about Vinnie Paul dying and... Uh, at this point, they're saying he died in his sleep. It's still unclear, I guess, what the cause of death was. I'm not sure that even really matters. It, it's just a, a horribly sad thing by just an iconic drummer. And I thought Victor Ruiz wrote up a great, great uh, blog posting on TalkingRock.net, just talking about the importance of this guy and, and to the music we love and really how drum sounds in, in metal music changed because of his sound, you know, that bass drum sound especially. And I want to say we interviewed him at least twice, maybe three times. And we, John and I got to play bowl, got to go bowling with him when we did the fuse show. And there was a whole thing done around that, uh, which was, was great. If you, if you research talking metal TV show, you can probably find it on YouTube. Uh, we went bowling with Vinnie Paul, and at at that bowling uh, event, which was captured on on camera for the the Talking Metal on Fuse TV show, they didn't want to play music in the bowling alley that had rights and clearances issues. So they played. They wanted music from local bands, so we would throw CDs on by local bands including my band. And Vinny actually asked me about my band and was very interested in, in the drummer, a guy named Michael Sapp, thought his, Michael Sapp was a great drummer and was asking me questions about the band and paid me some, some great compliments. It was the, the second Ronin CD. That was the band I was playing with at the time, Ronin, R-O. 
N-I-N. Uh, it's called Dissolving Pinch Roller was the name of that record. And and I, I, I gave Vinny a, a copy of the record. And again, he, he had complimented me on, on the music when when we were bowling. It was playing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Seemed like such a nice guy, man. Like legitimately nice guy. So rest in peace, Vinny Paul of Pantera, Damage Plan, and of course, Hell Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're about to get into this episode, and John and I recorded it uh, in Weehawken, New Jersey, and as soon as we turned off the the microphones, Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top walks in randomly to the restaurant, and uh, we got a picture with him, and, and it was hilarious. He was with the King of Guinea, so, you know, we spotted him right away and said hello, and then he went down and sat with the King... Then he ran back to the bar to hang with us. Like, we didn't invite him back or anything. He, he, he came back and quickly ordered a beer. He mentioned the King of Guinea does not drink. So, basically, he went back and forth between the King of Guinea's table and Mark and John at the bar, drinking with us, going back to the table to eat. And this went on for, for a long time. And it was just a great night. Billy shared all sorts of great stories with us. And at one point I was like, ah, oh, we should pull the mics back out and start recording this. But honestly, it was just, I didn't want to kill it. I didn't, well, I didn't want to kill the vibe. It was just him sharing his, his love of music and probably his love of alcohol with, uh, with, with two guys uh, who also love those two things. And uh, it was such a great hang. And he asked us questions about us, our family, our line of work. What, what a class act. Billy from ZZ Top, thank you. I will post the, uh, thank you for hanging with us is what I'm trying to say. I will post that picture in today's show notes. And uh, wow, what a night. I'll always remember this uh, this night that that happened after I turned off the mics uh, for, for this podcast. So yeah, on that note, kind of a, a sad thing with Vinnie Paul, very sad thing actually, and and. Um, you know, just a kind of a cool thing for us hanging with with Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Right after we recorded this episode, so that that's enough, guys. I, I'm going to get you guys right into this episode. Our guest is John Keevil from Warbringer, a great, great band that I cannot wait to see at Heavy Montreal. All right, here we go. Talking metal. What is this? 756, I believe. Right. Coors Light presents Heavy Montreal, July 28th and 29th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau, featuring Avenged Sevenfold, Rob Zombie, and Marilyn Manson. A weekend of hard rock and metal with Gojira, Emperor, Under Oath, Hollywood Undead, and many more. Festival passes are on sale now. See the full lineup at heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
Hey guys, welcome to episode 756 of the Talking Metal Podcast. I am here in Weehawken, New Jersey at Jack Austin's bar with Mark Striegel. I love this place, man. Thanks yeah. for uh, suggesting it. Big Talking Thanks. Metal Toast. Toast. You, uh, you switched over to the IPA, which I'm drinking. Correct. Yeah, I was originally drinking a, a Jersey Stout. It's a, yeah. I think it's called Jersey Beer Company, New Jersey Beer Company. Uh, and it's uh, very good. This IPA is very good. And uh, I have to say that right behind us, there is a picture of Kiss. Yeah, there is. There's with a, Vinnie Vincent in the photo. The 10-year anniversary tour. If it's too loud, you're too old poster on yeah. the wall. Yeah. Great, great poster here. Yep. This uh Restaurant bar is right on the literally on. I'm looking out on the Hudson River right now, and, right. and ferries, all sorts of activity on the on the river. Uh, that area of Midtown right across from us, it's just exploding. Yeah, yeah, with buildings and stuff. Yep. What happened is they extended the seven train. To the, oh, it's going over yeah, there now. It goes all the way to the uh, west side. Yep, and uh, that's caused this real estate boom to happen yeah, over the, there. Yeah, uh, the apartments over there are like millions of, like, you know, they're they? really, really yeah. expensive. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I was looking That's interesting because there's not a, I mean, I know now there's more over there, but it, it was always kind of a desolate De area. Desolate there area, the, yeah. It's uh, called ja like Javits Hudson Center, Yards. That's about it. What's that? The Javits Center used to be over there right. and not much mm -hmm. else. Yeah, you know? nothing, but now it's turning into this big deal. There's all this stuff planned for over there, like this whole community called Hudson Yards and I swear to God I was looking into it and I think like a one bedroom apartment is some like you know four to five thousand a month or something oh like that. God. And I tell you I drove down here because I'm working a, a gig you know I'm, I work freelance in the TV business I'm working a gig up in uh, Anglewood Cliffs at the NBC building up there working on a show called Suits for USA Network but um, I, I drove down here through Edgewater and all that and the ride down here along the Hudson on the Jersey side it's unrecognizable yep. to me because I used to live up in this area, you know, back in the day. You're still living in this area. But right. the amount of condos and apartments yep. and new mm -hmm. restaurants and developments, this is, I mean, it's it's absolutely staggering, you know. And it's it, crazy. I remember you and I drove through here after the 4 by Fate show. I drove you home. Right. Uh, we were coming back from Poughkeepsie. And... Uh, at that time, I was like, wow, it's getting more developed up here. But that was probably, what, four or five years ago. Yeah. And now it's, it's just it's mind-blowing. It, it doesn't even resemble yeah. what it used to be. Even in the area that I live in, in Jersey City, there are buildings going up on lots that I didn't even know were big enough to hold a building. There's a building going up literally within, like, you know, a... 30 second walk from my apartment that's going to be the tallest building in New Jersey. Wow. Even taller than what the is Goldman currently Sachs. than the Goldman yeah, Sachs building. Yeah. yeah, and it's going to be a condo. I mean, it's it's amazing. And yeah. I finally found out that in uh, the area where BJ's, where you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BJ's, I remember you uh, always told me that they were going to like store. knock some of that stuff down. They're building like uh, I, I had heard that they're going to knock down Bed Bath & Beyond and ShopRite and build like there's going to be four buildings in there, high rises. There's already wow. one. Wow, that's there, crazy. And, and apparently they're going to keep BJ's, but they're going to get rid of everything else, which I'm sad about because I love some of those stores. Right, right. Um, but uh, it's crazy the amount of apartments, condos, rentals, you name it, 
um, they're all going up everywhere in Jersey City, Hoboken, and in Weehawken and beyond north of Weehawken. Right, right on, right on. Yeah. It's, it is absolutely crazy. And what's also crazy is, do you know, it was 10 years ago already that we did the Talking Metal on Fuse TV show. Wow. And on that show, one of our guests was John Keevil of the band Warbringer, Warbringer. who was probably 20, 21 years old at yeah. that time. Anyways, he joins us for a new interview on this episode I am very excited to see Warbringer play at Heavy Montreal. I, I hope to get up to Heavy Montreal. I'm still trying to figure that out. But Warbringer is still alive and, I was going to say alive and well, but actually alive and better than ever. Their new music great. that they put out last year, just potent stuff. We're going to hear some of it in just a minute. And we're also going to hear from John Keevil of Warbringer. We had him on the show for an right. interview in 2008. And then we had him back again yeah, to do in 2012. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we jammed For Whom the Bell Tolls. And, Which and was great. We don't talk about that in the interview, but John and I were talking about it before the interview started. And I'll actually link that in the show notes today at TalkingMetal.com, a video of uh, John Astronomy, myself, Mark Striegel, John Keevil from Warbringer. Who else is on it? Dan Lorenzo. Yeah, from, and Ron Lipnicki on drums. Yeah, Ron Lipnicki, who at the time was playing with Overkill on drums. Uh, it's a great jam. Uh, John Keevil on, on vocals. Uh, given his own kind of spin and twist. Yeah, I like the, the way he sang classic. it. He yeah. did it a little different, which was yeah. very cool. But. Yeah, so I'll link that through, through today's show notes. It's a great watch and listen. So please go to TalkingMetal.com and check that out. John, uh, what are you listening to lately? I'll tell you, I, I have uh, what might be an unhealthy obsession. Uh, I hope it's not unhealthy, and I hope it's healthy. Obsession with the, the new Ghost yeah, album. I love it. Pre- Quell or Prequel. He's, uh, they pronounce it different sometimes. It's not prequel? It means prequel, but prequel. I believe that it's... Uh, Cardinal Copia has stated that uh, right. he likes the pronunciation prequel. Prequel. But you could, I think, also say prequel. Or okay. you can say prequel, but it means prequel in another language. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. But let me I love tell you. It. I love it. I love the album. I love Faith. Yeah, Faith yeah, is a, a great, great song. song. Yeah. Uh, I love See the Light. My favorite song um, at the moment, just to listen to all the time, is the song Miasma. I think that's how it's pronounced, the instrumental. Um, but I, I, I is mean, that the one where it kind of goes into the beat? It has a saxophone? Yeah, yeah. And then the it goes the into sax- the beat it from the yeah, beat, yeah, the yeah, beat it the, stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's awesome. I love that. We should See, play that. Oh, oh I, that'd be great. Yeah, we should definitely out? play it. Yeah, let's, let's check it out right now. It. Here's a little ghost. Here on Talking Metal.
Miasma by Ghost. And for those who don't know, Miasma, and I believe I'm pronouncing it right, that means, uh, thank you, means some type of a bad smell. Oh, oh yeah? <laughs> cool. Our food is arriving right now. Thank you. That's not the Miasma. The yeah, Miasma no, is the song. Good. Wow. Now, that uh, is some you. grilled cheese. John yeah. has, what do you have there, John? Chili? I have some kind of uh, short rib chili and what they disco refer fries. to as disco fries. Nice. And I have the, the grilled cheese and a ton of fries. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. I think we ordered uh, a lot of food. <laughs> We're going to get into a little Warbringer right now. This is a song called Remain Violent by Warbringer from 2017, followed by my interview with John Keeble. It's Mark Striegel of the Talking Metal Podcast, and uh, it's been a while since I've spoken with this guy, but it's always a pleasure to reconnect with him. 
John Keevil of Warbringer. Welcome back to Talking Metal. How are you, man? Doing great. It's good to be back. Uh, it's a lovely afternoon here in L.A., and I'm standing outside in my yard. <laughs> nice. Well, we just heard, coming into the interview, a song that I, I just love, Remain Violent, off the uh, the Vanquished record, Woe to the Vanquished, which is a little, little over a year old at this point. Such a potent, powerful record. I really love the record. How, how, do, how, how are you viewing the record like over a year out at this point? You still, you still feeling it just as hard as you were when it came out? Yeah, I think uh, I, I said it when the record came out, and I'll stand by it. I think Vanquished is a uh, Woe to the Vanquished is hands down our best work. Uh, I, I mean, I almost wish we could have put this one out of the first record and just gone from there, but it was a whole journey to get to be able to write that record. And I feel like when I started this band, I, I said I wanted to make a thrash metal record that I I enjoy as much as anything that brought me into the genre. You know, everything I enjoy about this music that it does it to 11, uh, right. you know, to make the perfect thrash record for myself. And I, I really, you know, it, just as a how much I still enjoy it. Yes. I feel like I managed to pull that off. So now the challenge is how to do something that's not weaker after I think we kind of nailed the Warbringer idea better than we ever have before and ended up making something that's pretty, pretty instantly recognizable as ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And to the listeners, if you haven't heard the record, it is just potent metal thrash metal, I guess I'd call it. And and you guys really, yeah, it really does seem like you kind of built to a climax with this record because there are just some great songs on it. And I'm hoping that when I see you guys up at Heavy Montreal a little over a month from now, I guess it would be uh, that you're going to play a lot of songs off the Vanquished record. Uh, when we came out with it, we did a couple tours, one in uh, Europe and one in the U.S., where we just played the whole record, including uh, the 11-minute when the guns fell silent. Wow. Uh, so that was something we'd never really done before, but we really liked it, and we've been kind of keeping that format. We did some shows, uh, a, f- a few shows in California this April, uh, where we did Waking into Nightmares, our second record, start to finish, uh, both as an anniversary to the record and in tribute to, to Nick Ritter, the drummer on that record, who passed this last summer. Wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a trip for me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. But yeah. The- yeah, real talent, that guy. The, the fast fucking feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, who? Let's just run recap. Who actually is in Warbringer right now? It's been actually. Uh, I know we're infamous for being a Spinal Tap, and uh, that's due to the fact that we've kind of put our face to the touring grindstone harder than, as far as I'm aware, anyone. Uh, you know, so that's caused us a lot of casualties throughout our run. However. We've been pretty stable uh, since about a year or two before Vanquished came out, where we've had that exact same lineup. Um, so from the very beginning, you still have myself and Adam Carroll. People right. like to say I'm the only original member. They're not giving any credit to Adam Carroll, who's been a songwriter and a major player since day one. He was actually the drummer on the demos. Yeah, uh, Carlos Cruz has been our drummer and is now one of the main writers. So the writing team is myself, Adam, and Carlos doing most of the writing on Vanquished. Um, and he's been in since Worlds Torn Asunder, the third record. Yeah. Um, and then uh, aside from that, we have Jesse Sanchez on bass, formerly Bonded by Blood. We've had him since uh, since Lord of the Lord of the Vanquished, and Chase Becker, formerly of L.A. Metal Veterans Desecrate, and just really a underrated, unknown guitar player who really blew some heads off on the last record, I think. 
so he, he's a, to- a true shredder. Absolutely. And uh, we've never really had a lead player like him in Warbringer before. So he brings a whole lot to the table. And uh, the Adam Chase trade-offs on the last record, I'm a really big fan of their dynamic. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Great record. And <laughs> what, let's talk about live dates coming up. I mentioned Heavy Montreal, which is really, there aren't a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, but there aren't a lot of shows, especially in the Northeast, uh, booked for you guys. So I really think the Heavy Montreal show is going to be a special show for for War Warbringer. Is that correct? Yeah. And, you know, the theory is we broke the band. As you mentioned, there's a lot of lineup changes in Warbringer history. And that's because Warbringer used to do, uh, for example, 2009, we played about 300 shows. I mean, count that first days in the year. And uh, in 2010, I think we did like 250 in 2000. Oh you know? So yeah. it was back to back to back. And that's why you see the, the band never uh, maintaining a stable lineup because that's you can't have a life other than that. Uh, so we're trying to be wiser and basically allow ourselves time to remain jazzed about what we're doing and stoked on playing metal and not grow to hate it because you, you won't be as good at it if that happens. So is our thinking. Right. So uh, what we're doing, I'm taking time off. Uh, I've been taking time off since we finished the World of the Vanquish cycle about end of last year. But uh, we're still doing select dates just because we love playing music and we, we love getting out there. And uh, it gives us an opportunity to just pop in, do a, like a large festival date like Heavy Montreal, or uh, shortly after we're doing something called Full Terror Assault in, in Illinois, and we have some European dates. But that's about it for this year because this year we're really focused on writing, uh, such as the single we're about to put, we're about to record this weekend, and uh, then later in the summer the next record. Wow. Okay. So there's a brand new, you just mentioned a single. And so there's new music on the way from, from Warbringer. Yeah, it's literally just a single we're putting out. Uh, we have all these ideas kicking around for the next record, but we're nowhere close to being able to put out another record. And, uh, you know, it's been a minute since, as you commented, since World of the Vanquish come out. And we just want to re- remind people, uh, that we're still alive and we're still a force. So, uh, we plan on putting something out just as a little uh, teaser, you know, it's going to be very much uh, a hard stomp and thrash song in the manner you're used to hearing from us. Uh, So we're looking forward to putting that out. We can hopefully get it, uh, get it out before the festival, I believe is the plan because we're, we're literally recording in uh, three days. So cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And you finally got put on the books and we got our rehearsals this weekend. We're all, we're all gearing up. Nice. Well, I can't wait to hear that. And where will that be available? Just the normal places, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. It's just going to go out on that. Uh, I don't think there will be a, a physical release. Uh, we're trying to pick a, a B-side cover to do. But honest, we always had such a hard time deciding on that. I never I never did covers, and we kind of had to for, for bonus tracks. So some of them turned out fun, but it's... To be honest, it's never my favorite part. I always love writing. You know, that's what right. drew me to music. Right on. <laughs> right on. And now I've been also reading online and stuff that you've been studying history. And are you back in schools taking taking college courses in history? What's going on with that? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I, well, it's not at all as a alternative to metal. I very much intend to continue with Warbringer, but it kind of goes with it. Uh, and it's sort of inspired by all the world travel I've gotten to do through the band. I've always had this interest, you know, it goes back to the warfare theme is kind of, well, that's, that's historical, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, the kind of history I'm into is often that of battle. Cause basically that's where you get 
stories of humans under extreme, extreme stress and a lot of uh, intense psychological conditions. And then you also have the big picture strategy element to it. So I'm actually uh, trying to jumpstart my career there and kind of put it in tandem to some of my work with Warbringer by writing a podcast on, uh, on the First World War, which is going to be this monolithic affair because that's an enormous and complicated event. And if you didn't know, it's more brutal than anything. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's you know, so funny you, 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 about- you're mentioning this <laughs> because I'm reading a book right now called The Guns of August, which is all about oh, yeah, World I- War I, and it's just blowing my mind. Oh, yeah, there's uh, there's a description from the Guns of August. And here, you know, people that thought Cannibal Corpse uh, serial killer lyrics were brutal. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer or something, that's one guy. What if you have right. an entire nation state doing that? Yeah. There's a bit in the Guns of August where they talk about uh, like a German regiment, you know, maybe a thousand, two thousand guys marched out into a field, got hit by a shrapnel bombardment by the French guns. And the French, some French patrol finds them and it's in the Guns of August and they write. Uh, something along the lines of there were men, a formation of men, like stacked on top of each other where the dead bodies are in angles. So it, at one end of the row, they're on the ground and then piled on there. So it's like this uh, wave of dead men that can't fall over. They're all perforated with shrapnel holes, but they oh can't fall over because the mass of them is uh, sticking them together. It's just this grotesque, like, hell, you know, Dante's Inferno shit that you hear from there. And it's entirely real, which just blows my mind. So that's why I'm writing about that. And there's a lot of aspects of, uh, like, grand civilizational tragedy to it. And it's so little understood. So it's kind of, this specific subject uh, jumped into the last record on tracks such as Shellfire, which is about sort of just the sheer horror of battle in that era right and uh, then when the guns fell silent it's kind of about the spiritual desolation of mankind which resulted from that era wow. and uh so it's, it's something deeply fascinating to me and it appears i have a uh, potentially two grandfathers that died as a result of it and that's true of a lot of people actually wow. it's that big so uh I've, I've always felt this kind of personal connection to it and that's why in about probably six months to a year, I'll be releasing a really, really long, extensive podcast that will go in depth on that. And I'll have plenty of the guns of August, which is a, a classic work on that subject and one of the best there is. Wow. So uh, the, the podcast, it, like you're writing the podcast ahead of time. So you'll have talk like it's going to be scripted. You're going to be reading. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like I'm writing a gigantic story and narrating it. Wow. And there's going to be music and sound and, you know, it's going to be a mixture of a lot of things. uh, But it's focused on basically taking history with something which is often associated with being dry and uh, really breathing a lot of life into it with as much storytelling and narrative flair as I'm able to bring. So uh, some of the themes you're used to hearing on Warbringer albums will very directly go on there. And a couple of the the things from the records you might actually recognize in there because a lot of what drew me to write the material on Vanquished is exactly the same things that are drawing me to write this now. I, just, wow. I wanted to write something more word-based to get to, to focus more on message, whereas music is always going to be more song-based. So right on. I, I think, well, I try to have that in the lyrics, the song comes first. Right on. And this is self-produced? Are you working with a, a team of, of people on this, or are you just doing it on your own? Uh, r- right now I'm in the writing phase. Uh, I Basically, I, I kind of didn't think I could do it for a while, but then I realized, uh, uh, yeah, I have all the tools available to just do this myself. Uh, the recording aspect, I'm, uh, 
I'm a professional metal vocalist for 10 years. I know how to be in a recording booth. Uh, and the narration you hear at the beginning of when the guns fell silent, that's me. So when right. there's going to be like a quote or a serious part to narrate in the podcast, I'm just going to do my narrative voice. I'm going to do it all. Nice. Very cool. Well, I look forward to hearing that. And, you know, it's been about 10 years since the the first record came out, War Without End. I saw you have some uh, cool vinyl reissues available on the on the website. 10 years out, how do you look back on that record? Uh, that one I don't ha- I can't say speak of in as glowing a terms as Word of the Vanquish because that's very much my learning how to do it record. So I guess uh for me, that record is really representative and cumulative of a whole era in my life where I went from being, you know, kind of just like some regular suburban kid to figuring out how to fulfill my dream of being a metal singer. And uh, I mean, you were a teenager, right? You're still a teenager when you did that. Uh, yeah, most of the songs. I started Warbringer when I was like end of 18 and put out War Without End. We recorded it. Uh, right before I turned 21. so right, And gotcha. I had never played any music at all before. So I, you can hear it on War With That End. We're flying by the seat of our pants. And uh, I think that's why that record sounds so old school. And people at the time would say it was like this calculated, trendy attempt. But no, it's, it's because it was made in the exact same way that those 83, 84 thrash records were. It's like, well, here's a band of some, some, you know, some fucking 19-year-olds who've just been grinding it out in their garage for like the last two years. And here's a record from them, you know? <laughs> And right on. Th- that's it, you know. So uh, it has that looseness to it that actually, since then, has not really been a trade award bringer because we focused really hard on tightening as fast as we could. And now I think we're one of the tighter live bands uh, that plays as fast as we do that you can find, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then let's see the second record, which I guess was really only a year after that first record was uh waking waking in the nightmares and that one you were working with gary holt from exodus and and now slayer fame how any any memories you can share of working with gary holt on that second record oh yeah that was a really great time uh we wrote and in contrast to the first record which was written throughout like our entire few year demo days period um the second record was written in between tours written and recorded in just over two months. Uh, the recording process was exactly 12 days. I remember we were up in Oakland. Uh, we camped out at the studio the whole time. And I remember Gary, you know, the concern anytime you're working with like a name guy, which, which Gary certainly is, has a great reputation for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, you never know how people are going to be when you work with them before. And I remember Gary showed up early as shit every single day and would like walk in, wake us up, clap us in and be like, let's go. So I was really happy to see that, you know, he was, he was invested in the project. He was involved uh, in all steps of it. He brought, uh, he brought Tom hunting in to help tune and set up the drums, which was cool. So Nick and Tom worked on getting uh, the setup and the sound that you hear on the record. Um, Steve came in, Zetro came in and just hung out and uh, we listened to, what was at the time soon to be released uh, Hatriot material as other band. He wasn't in Exodus at that time. He, yeah, I was going to uh, say, because Rob Dukes, Rob, Rob Dukes was with Exodus, I think, at that time, right? He was, yeah. Uh, but but Steve just Steve was in the studio for like a day anyway, so that was neat. Uh, and I remember we just like pretty much, we would do 10, 12-hour days in the studio and then basically go and like get a burger and a beer and repeat the next day. It was a really great time. And uh, we've kept in touch with Gary since uh, 
We last saw them in Japan, actually, a few months ago at uh, Thrash Domination with uh, Warbringer, Exodus, and Testament was the lineup. Right on, right on. And now, you know, yeah, Gary playing with Slayer. I just saw Slayer and and, uh, Lamb of God and Anthrax out at the PNC Arts Center here in New Jersey. A massive crowd. And, And, you know, in some ways, these older bands like that are, you know, really keeping the the genre alive at least to the mass market but in other ways do you feel that that because these guys never retire and i mean slayer claim they're retiring now but are still out there doing this thing that it hurts a band like warbringer because you know they're still out there doing their thing and they have you know 20 30 years on you guys well right and uh you know you named both things, which are both true. <laughs> so it's, it's certainly neither one or the other. You know, on one hand, uh, stuff like Slayer, Exodus, etc. I wouldn't be here without it. I love that music. I love heavy metal, you know. Um, and the, a lot of that stuff, you know, great songs. I'm all for people, you know, that right. being popular and widespread. Uh, on the other hand, I think that especially, and I've seen it more and more as my life goes on, there's this tendency to kind of... Uh, at least for what flies commercially, repackaging and rebranding is safer than new ideas. And you see it in films, you see it in music, you see it in basically every aspect of culture. You got to, you know, reboots and uh, new albums by bands who have already completely made their creative statement, you know, in, in like a, a couple decades ago and all of that. Uh, so I think that, uh, there does need to be more of an embracing of the new and granted, you know, you're hearing it from a guy with a vested interest in the success of new things. Right. Surprise, surprise. So disclaimer there, but uh, I think there's really something, uh, I think for instance, like the various holograms of dead, of dead musicians and such, uh, which to some is a little sacrilegious. Uh, I think that that's an example of how, rebranding and repackaging is a really powerful force and people buy it because it's a name you recognize and something you know is uh scientifically more pleasing than something you don't right you know uh when you first i remember first hearing certain metal classics Uh, i remember i went when i was like 14 i first grabbed power slaves right iron maiden i went all the way through the record and it wasn't until the the last song that it grabbed me and then I went back and then they were all classics and clicked, but it took, it takes a minute sometimes. And uh, that's a a documented psychological thing. And basically what's happened in the last 20, 30 years is commercial interests have figured out this psychological thing and they're milking the living shit out of it. And uh, creativity suffers. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And as far as the Warbringer fan base goes, I mean, now you've been out there touring for over a decade at this point. How has the fan base changed or evolved in in your eyes? Uh, Is it is it younger, older, newer? What is same same core group? What what do you see with the Warbringer fan base over the course of the past decade? Well, you see, I'm a, I'm an analytical guy, so I'm the kind of person who's like put thought into this before. And to be honest, I cannot find any really specific correlation or pattern. It seems like our fan base is pretty far-reaching. I don't know. I feel like, uh, if anything, I see like more young people now, which is weird. It's great to hear. Yeah, <laughs> you not what not what you would expect, I suppose, because our time uh, 
we're just passing that point where people see us as a new band now. You know, we've yeah. had that for like our first four records, which is a long time to be new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I, I think uh, I, I find it's a pretty diverse group. You get old guys, you, you get young young girls and stuff. We see kids like it seems like metal's really opened up. I think I think uh, perhaps just modern media plus the fact that the genre's been around is pretty well established. Uh, a lot of like metal, you know, great metal records and stuff from the '80s are pop icon things. Even like you know, completely mainstream people using metal fonts and stuff. It's kind of, people know about it and know that it exists and they know that like, you know, you're not gonna, you know, go to hell if you listen to a record or something. I think (laughs) those kind of viewpoints are, I think those kind of viewpoints are less common now. Yeah. So, uh, I think you get a wider range of people in the metal, whereas, uh, perhaps earlier it was more geared towards like one sector of society, which is still true a, a little bit. Uh, but becoming less true, I would say. I hear you, definitely. And again, we just want to remind the listeners, you guys are at Heavy Montreal. You're playing the second day, which includes Gojira, Trivium, Sleep, Nile, I Hate God, Power Trip, and of course, War, Warbringer. In the first night, we have Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Under Oath, Al Storm, Baroness, the list goes on and on. That's just a small fraction of who's playing, guys. It's July 28th, July 29th in Montreal, heavy Montreal. Warbringer will be there. And, John, before I let you go, you mentioned this this single that you're going to be recording in just a few days. Any thought to another full-length record at this point, or is it still a little early for that? Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, basically, the purpose of this single is to give people something to listen to between Road of the Vanquished and the follow-up, because uh, Warbringer is not a band that compromises quality, and you can bet that we're going to put out the hardest thing we possibly can next wow. year. Wow, cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you think a 2019 release for another full-length? That's the plan right now. Uh, when exactly in that year, not sure. But uh, basically, after this string of shows, I think uh, writing's going to kick into high gear. We're recording now. Uh, I think we're we're actually going, uh, we're using the same producer, Mike Plotnikoff, who was on Woe to the Vanquish. So we'll be seeing him again in a couple of days. And uh, I think the next step from there is to get working on the record. Right on. Cool, cool. Well, I hope we can connect in, in Montreal. We'll be there shooting video interviews. We'd love to have you stop by the uh, the press tent if you're available. Absolutely. would love to. Cool. All right. Yeah, and we plan to be, uh, you know, there's a, there's a million acts there, but we plan to be the most annihilating and devastating out of all of them, <laughs> or else we have failed. So right on. <laughs> other, only others may judge this, but that's the mission. Awesome, John. Can't wait to see your set at Heavy Montreal on July 29th up in Montreal, Canada. Always great to talk with you, John. Let's uh, let's connect at Heavy Montreal. All right. I'll see you there, Mark.
right, that was Silhouettes by Warbringer, a band that will be playing heavy Montreal this year. Cannot wait to get up there. July 28th and 29th in Montreal, Canada. So many great bands, Power Trip, Warbringer, uh, Under Oath, Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, Avenged Sevenfold. The list goes on and on. Trivium, it's such a great lineup this year. And uh, it is heavy Montreal, so always a great festival. And uh, yeah, can't wait. John is digging into the chili. How is it, John? Very good. Very cool. good. No beans. Um, it's just uh, not that I dislike beans, but this chili happens to have no beans. Yeah, cool. You've been, been to any shows lately? Um, Besides Ace, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, let me see what I've been to. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, I, I do have some news. Um, uh, like It is going to do a show in July. I believe the date is the 26th. Uh, direct support for Faster Pussycat oh, at awesome. uh, Revolution in Amityville, Long Island, New York. The same town as the Amityville Horror House. Wow, very cool. Uh, and uh, then uh, Like It is going to do a, a Like gig. It, John's band, by yeah. the way, guys. We're going to do a gig in New Jersey. Weehawken, I think, like right right near here on the waterfront somewhere. Right. Um, okay. A few days either before or after that. And then um, we also uh, are going to be playing uh, the Debonair Music Hall, which used to be known as Mexicali Live. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, in October. That's in Teaneck. Teaneck, New Jersey with uh, Zebra. Oh, nice. So uh, we got a couple of things coming up. Um, I'm trying to think if I've seen any bands. I, I saw Def Leppard last week. Oh, yeah. How was that? Journey. It was good. Excellent. Excellent. Now, was Phil Collin back or was Steve yeah, Brown playing? Yeah, Phil Collin was back. Yep. And, yeah. uh, and so I actually was talking to Steve Brown at the show, but yeah. um, he was not playing Phil Collin. I love back. Steve Brown, and I, I love that you did a, a podcast with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to see him live out at a club called 201 in, like, Rochelle Park or somewhere uh, in yeah. Bergen yeah. County. It was, it was a fun night. And, yeah, Steve's a great guy. And uh, can't wait to hear what he's up to next. Some scandal in the trickster world. I guess they, those guys aren't getting along, so oh, he's I not doing not trickster right now. Speaking of Def Leppard, I, I think it's really cool that Steve has played uh, filling in for Vivian Campbell and now for Phil Collins. Yeah, yeah, different guitar parts, too. You know, yeah, they totally different parts. parts yes. Not only guitar parts, but different vocal parts, vocal too, parts, which yeah, he had to replicate. It's amazing replicate, that he, so. I mean... Just to learn all that is yeah. got to be oh, unbelievable. Yeah. And, and in a moment's notice, too. Yeah. You know. One of the things that Ace was mentioning is that, and I don't know if this is, uh, you know, currently true, but maybe we have to, we can ask Steve about this, is that he thought that all of the stage volume was coming from in-ear monitors with oh. Def Leppard, huh. as opposed know. to coming out of actual amps. I don't know if that's true or not, but Could be. it's very interesting. On the ace front, um, Chris Wise, ace's, I guess, bass, is he former bass player? I don't no, even know no, how still to, current bass player. Okay. Yeah. He's out on the road with Alice Cooper and uh, jo Johnny Depp and, and Joe, Joe Perry, Perry yeah. and Hollywood Vampires. And I, uh, I've been just seeing uh, pictures of him playing with those guys. That's a pretty it's big a score pretty for big him. Gig. Yeah. yeah, it's a great gig for Chris. Everybody's so happy for him. Yeah. And including ace. Uh, it's just such a cool thing for him to do that, and um, I heard that uh, they really like it when he pulls out the upright bass. And oh, cool! Uh, what a, what a cool vibe! And 
uh, while Chris is doing that, uh, filling in on bass uh, is Rocco Monoroso, Ace's guitar tech, who was uh, playing with Bumblefoot for a while. Ah, okay. Very cool. Very and cool. Rocco's, Rocco's actually an amazing guitar player. He's more of a guitar player than a bass player, but um, since Ace needed a, a person to fill in on bass, uh, Rocco you know, uh, uh, took that part and um, is was doing a great job. He did two gigs, and uh, there might be, you know, there might be some more coming up with Rocco. Oh, wow. Cool. Very cool. And I'm trying to think what concerts. You said you bought a, a, a ticket for Ghost in Brooklyn, so yes. I'll see you at that show mm-hmm. for sure. Jerry from Long Island, a devoted Talking Metal listener, will be there. we got to hook up with a toast uh, at that show with him. Oh, that'd be great. And I got a, I got a bunch of stuff. I'm going to Foreigner. And White um, Snake. That's cool. I was yeah, thinking of going Bonham. to that. I might yeah, go to we're that. We're gonna tailgate with Jim Florentine before the show. He, is that he in the, Long Island or in I'm Jersey? I'm going to the one in Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're doing a tailgate thing with with Florentine. The Florentines, Jim Florentine and his brother. Wow. Well, gonna, when is this? That is June thirtieth, I believe. Mm. So we're checking Coming that up. out. Um, Emily's going to the Monkees tomorrow. I'm not going. But I uh, just heard that they cancel. The, they might be canceled because uh, Mike Nesmith hurt himself or something. Oh wow! Off the letter now. Um, let me look it up right now. Breaking news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, if they cancel, then I'm going to have to quickly try to buy her a, a ticket to Jurassic World because I'm taking the boys oh, to, Jurassic to Jurassic World. Oh, you're going to Jurassic World. I will tell you uh, right now when I check my phone for yeah. TMZ.com. Oh wow. It was on TMZ. That's pretty big. Yeah, Michael Nesmith, Monkeys Guitarist Hospitalized, tour dates canceled. Wow, okay. All right, I'm going to text her right away. Right I'm away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that he's hospitalized. Uh, and I'm sorry that this. Oh, wait. Uh, collapsed to the ground during the band's sound check Thursday at the Keswick Theater in Glenside, PA. He wasn't unconscious, but he was rushed to the hospital. Um, hmm. It says, however, reps for the band tell us the rest of the tour, three more dates in NY and NJ has been canceled. So. Wow, okay. All right. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, on that note, I guess we'll end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to no, eat my no, grilled cheese. I don't cheese. mean to laugh at that. I'm laughing at All right. Well, John, where can people connect with you online? So people can connect, connect with me. You give the Like It website and all on that. The like, yeah, there's a Like It Facebook page and a Like It website. Um, you, can, you can look on Facebook and type in Like It Band. And then the website is like-it-online.com. You can look for me on Facebook as John Astronomy or John Astronomy 2 with, like, Roman numeral 2. Like <laughs> what's, I, up, I, what's up with the two Facebook pages? Yeah, I got too many friends. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. so you added it to get additional people. Yeah, because oh, I, I don't have my Facebook set up like I'm some kind of entity. Mine's just set up like a person. So I have to have two pages because the first one got filled up with 5,000 friends, and that's the limit. On uh, normal pages. So I have a John Astronomy 2. Now, get this. To get these two pages, I had to prove to Facebook that astronomy was used in, like, an official name recognized by the public. Wow. Well, it is. Because they they try to get people to use their real names and not, like, a nickname. And I swear to God, it happened to me once with John Astronomy, the regular page, and now with John Astronomy 2, it happened. Wow, okay. But they have apologized, believe it or not, and said, we're sorry we bothered you, um, and your page is back up. But they oh, took God. it down for like a day. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was going to say, you know, Documental is just too, too big. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm just. All right, man. Well, let's end with some more Warbringer. Yeah. This is Living in a Whirlwind. This was produced by the one and only Gary Holt, oh, I who I also him. just saw recently at, at PNC with, with Slayer, known for his work with uh, Exodus. And interesting story uh, that that uh, in the interview there that John said, while Rob Dukes was in the band and Gary Holt was producing Warbringer, he showed up at the studio once with... Uh, with uh, Zetro, which I thought was kind of oh, weird. Um. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, almost scandalous. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of interesting. But um, um, yeah. on that note, we're going to end with, again, some great music by Warbringer. Going way back, I think, I want to say this is 2009. I'm not sure. I don't have it uh, written down. But the song is Living in a Whirlwind. We'll see Warbringer at Heavy Montreal. And uh, connect with us online at Talking Metal. On, on Twitter and you know all the we're all over social media so check us out and John always great connecting with you yeah. let's eat our dinner and drink some more beers cool and by the way uh, I'm getting a, a new uh, I'm gonna spruce up this silver spacecraft studio in hopes of uh, doing a lot more talking metal oh I love that yeah we gotta get back to your, your apartment there that would be great be right. cool this is Warbringer with Living in a Whirlwind support these guys go buy this on iTunes alright guys Take care. Rock on.
Oh, 